Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Sean Patrick. With me is Amy Kay. Hiya! MJ's not here. No. Somehow they, they've escaped Carnis, the Carnosaur. Did they? The carnage of Carnosaur. I, I think, actually, it, I think that MJ probably would have wanted to see this film. <laughs> I think the whole world needs to see Carnosaur. <laughs> Carnosaur 1, let's be very clear. Because <laughs> I don't know if the films are actually linked are they? I Two, would assume. Three? I think the, they probably were shot back to back to back. <laughs> Not unlike how you shoot a Matrix movie. <laughs> it's it's just, it's just so good. It's it's just like a Matrix. You don't want to. You don't want the magic to end. You want to continue it. <laughs> this movie is c- incomprehensible. <laughs> um, there's a lot of words on the screen. You know, <laughs> I tell you what exactly. I, I, I don't understand it. Like, like some of it, they'd actually put the person's name. It's like, oh, there's an introduction. <laughs> but as we said, Diane Ladd, and I, <laughs> she was like the, in this whole beginning part of this film. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if like she just didn't show up for the rest of the film? <laughs> like she couldn't be fucked to do it. Yeah, this is this is here's my five hundred dollar paycheck. <laughs> but no, I mean, of course she stays in it. She stays in throughout. But like. They even like when they're doing the this this weird kind of like of course it's computery it's supposed to be like you know futuristic kind of computery stuff and her name pops up and her name is the only name I remember from this film <laughs> Janet Tip Tip Tiptree <laughs> it's already going away it's already going away so I watched this movie last year uh, and reviewed it uh, I can't remember I can't even remember the fucking name of it but John Cusack's in it okay and you can tell. That John Cusack shot the entire movie from his estate somewhere in like rural Illinois, like he just did not leave the house. <gasps> like his entire role is him on the phone talking to people. <laughs> like that's his entire role is shot at his house. Did uh, I was well, I was wishing that Diane Lane had had Diane Lane Diane Lane had done that. I was hoping she had just, just shot the whole thing from her house. Well, if you look at it, I mean, she she doesn't go outside <laughs> at any point. And if you were a like a, a a somewhat respected actor, would you want to go outside and make this film? I think it's nobody's Why business. Why did she do this movie? Uh, down on her luck, or like she was pissed off at Laura. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, I know you're going to do this huge blockbuster, but I'm going to—I raise you my carnosaur. Basically. So this is a dinosaur movie that came out before Jurassic Park. Right. Before. But caveat to that: Roger Corman, uh, being who he is, he's con- he's connected to a lot of Hollywood people. Mm-hmm. He knew that Steven Spielberg was coming out with a dinosaur movie, and so he wanted to capitalize that on on that as quickly as possible. <laughs> He also would have known that uh, Diane Ladd's daughter was in that movie, right? And so you know, it yeah. kind of feels like they're just they're, they're that they're giving the middle finger to to Laura Dern. <laughs> Fuck you, daughter! I'm making Carnosaur. What are you gonna do? Oh, make millions from Jurassic Park? <laughs> no, it's funny that you mentioned that. Like, in going back to like um, what you were saying about Cusack and and that kind of thing. We we should say, you know, just as a reminder that Roger Corman executive produced this film. Right. And I would what I have to say is only going to make sense to those that are either, you know, like film scholars or Mystery Science Theater fans. And there's no in between. <laughs> um, is that, that that's a motif. Like that is that is that is prime 
Cormanism is to just make people just stay in one place. And like sometimes you'll go there and, and you don't know why. It's just for them to answer the phone and then they put the phone back down and then they just stand there. It's it's beautiful. We have a lot of Diane Ladd moments in this where she's just staring at a screen. It's like I I, I don't why did I get John Voigt in my head? Doesn't doesn't he like do something <laughs> might, like that? Yeah. <laughs> And you just stare at screens the entire time, and they don't even know what they're doing. They know that they're making a film, but they don't know what what they're making a film about. Is what did, it felt did like. That to happened me. to like was it Peter Lawford? Was it who was yes! in a few like a mystery science theater movie where he's just it's shot. It's clearly shot in his mansion, and he doesn't leave the mansion, and be, characters have to come to him. That was um, Peter Lawford was in it, but uh, I think that was uh, Angel's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also, um, oh God, Jack Palance. He was also in that. And then he stayed, he was already very old. He only got in the car once. <laughs> and I think that he didn't really want to. In the uh, Uwe Boll movie, uh, Blood Rain, uh, they have Billy Billy Zane. And they put him in a full costume. Uh, and, and he is playing a, a vampire, sort of. It's but he's, al- Zane, he's also Billy Zane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a vampire vibe there anyway. But they... He clearly just he nobody he interacts with no one else in the movie and it's just him at a distance. Just I don't know how he's even communicating with the rest of the characters. Like is it telepathy? I'm not sure, but he doesn't he doesn't leave his one location the entire movie. It's like I just was thinking, um, in the brain that wouldn't die, fantastic film. But every time it would shoot, it would like go back to the the main guy, the main character he would always have like a a white wall behind him and i just remember like i think it was either servo or crow on mst and they were just like ah i'm in the void i'm in the void (laughs) every time like he he just wasn't even in the room he was in another room with just like a wall and i love shit like that especially like when they have a glazed over look on their face because they am i acting i don't know what am i reacting to fantastic it's 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 a master class and actually they, they casted this film carnosaur quite well mm-hmm. because you know we've got uh character actor uh rafael savage right we've got character actress jennifer runyon in her final role yeah because then she re- she re- <laughs> she re- <laughs> this was her retirement are you serious she quit acting after this <sighs> which is weird because they made the, they made the two more and see, she's well, very... she's dead, though. I she's mean, not her char- dead. Her character's dead at the end. Oh. Her and Raphael Sabarge get fucking yes. murdered. Oh. The heroes of the movie, if you will. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast, guys. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert for this 30-year-old fucking piece of shit. If you haven't seen no it by now, sense. you're not gonna see it. It's We're free on YouTube. It. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the, it's the only it, way it should be. If you search for it, it'll tell you it's not available, but it is free on YouTube, and it is as quality as you're going to find it anywhere else. Yeah, like you said, it like somebody had ripped it from their computer. Basically, <laughs> I love. I I think that's fantastic. Um, I mean, that's preserved lost media. Is what this movie's really. <laughs> that's really the. It's like you. <laughs> this movie has no point, by the way. There's no point to anything. So diet. So let me just try and uh, put try. this together. Good luck. Diane Ladd is an evil scientist who wants to destroy humanity by having, by, by creating dinosaurs, by infecting women with pregnancies with dinosaur eggs, but also like the dinosaurs are also hatching from chicken eggs and then they're killing the men, but they're killing the women by having the women give birth to dinosaurs. Eggs. Dinosaur eggs. Dinosaur eggs. And the women die. Oh wait, no, because some of them... Yeah, there's like a V moment. Like I mean, 
but it's just the women. And right. it, you know, it's to me, it's like, and then they they could just breed more women. Well, that that's the solution that the the big corporation that employs Diane Lane has come up with. Or Diane Lane has come up with is that they're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna do that a few more times. Uh, <laughs> I know I will. Too. Their big plan is that that uh, once they've defeated Diane Ladd, or if they can defeat Diane Ladd, then cover up this whole thing. They'll just repair the the female part of the human race by having these artificial wombs give birth to new women that they can fuck. Did I sleep through part of this movie? Because how did you get all of that? <laughs> There's just one scene where that bald guy lays it all out. just feels like this movie was like, it was peppered with ideas. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe there were just too many. And they just kept going off in different directions. Like a basket of kittens that you set on a floor. The, the levels of insanity that have to come together to make this make any sense at all. Raphael Sabarge plays a character named Doc. Mm-hmm. Is he a doctor? He seems to have a a thing on the wall that mm-hmm. says "Do No Harm," which looks like a, a medical license. Yep. But he also works as a security card at a quarry. Yeah, that that confused me too. <laughs> he lives in a van. He lives he's in not. A van. He's an alcoholic, which I kind of thought. Okay, that's yeah. great. So, like, he maybe he was a doctor at some point. I feel like maybe and 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 forgive me and trigger warning for anybody, but I feel like he may have been. A uh, gynecologist. Doesn't he kind of give that vibe and then, you know, maybe diddled with some people while they were asleep and he got he got fired, maybe? That, uh... <laughs> you're extrapolating a lot from something. I'm not sure where I you got, got that. I got really high during this movie, so <laughs> I'm still coming down from it right but now. But your gynecologist thing does play into him falling in love with a woman named Thrush. Ha! <laughs> well done. Zing! Oh my god, Jennifer, Jennifer Runyon. Jennifer Runyon's character is named Anne, but she explains that she's chosen the name Thrush. thrush. The fuck? <laughs> Ladies, if you've ever had the Thrush, I'd like you to send me a letter <laughs> here at our Pueblo, Colorado location. Self-addressed stamped envelope so I can send back my ideas and thoughts about Thrush and just this so film. I, just so we thrush! Can get- just so we can get the men on this podcast to turn turn it off and never come back. <laughs> I want to talk more about tell thrush. people what thrush is. Well, <laughs> see, it can be uh, it can be you know in your mouth or it can be in your vagina. And if it's your vagina, then that's nat's nasty snatch gunk, basically. Ah, uh, um, when when you think of thrush, don't you picture what it is? Kind of. You, you know, yeah, like thrush. <laughs> that's the sound it makes. Thrush. That's how I know I have it, is because when my vagina screams up at me, thrush! It's like an 1890s medical book. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so that's what thrush no, is. She Apparently, she chose this nickname. Yeah. She chose... At first, I thought she said brush. Then like, we thought brunch. I, she just likes really... She just really likes brushes. Yeah. But then she kind of said it again, and she said brunch? It sounded like brunch. We both so heard I brunch. Thought, Okay, her name is Brunch because she really likes brunch. No, Thrush. Thrush. She really likes the self-applied nickname Thrush because that's a normal thing that a person would do is give themselves that name. I probably would have gone with, I don't know, more of like a chlamydia. I got, I got sick that one time and, uh, yeah, Thrush. I re- you know, Turns I had a good time. Thrush. 
my, I, I never, I never wanted crabs to, now. I never wanted to forget it. <laughs> so I just decided yeah. to call myself that. That feeling that when you're walking around, it feels like you're always peeing your pants. That's thrush. <laughs> Enjoy. I, I got sick that one time and my dad told me what happened. <laughs> and th then he just started calling me that. So I was like, all right, thanks, dad. I guess that's my name now. Better I don't know, that than like HIV. I, it's as good as any other explanation I, you can find for somebody giving themselves that name. Like, what did Jennifer Runyon think when someone said to her, okay, your name is Thrush? Yeah, yeah. She... <laughs> I gotta be. Of all the nicknames in the world that you How can How much you were you choose, fucking paying for this? Okay, fine. I mean, it couldn't be like, you know, Ace or, you know, <laughs> sh Shark. <laughs> you could have had any nickname in the world, you know, Pencil Shavings. Nope, we're gonna go with Thrush. I mean, her name, her nickname that she gave herself is Thrush, and she has to pretend that Raphael Sabarge is attractive. So I mean, like, <laughs> there's so many acting challenges that she's going through here. I mean, at, Raphael Sabarge makes makes uh, the guy from Hexed look like a fucking male model. Oh my god, <laughs> Ari Gross. Yeah, but like I even said, I think Hexed is more like a Bergman film compared to this one. I mean, it's just I, they put Clint Howard in this movie just to make Raphael Sabarge look attractive. And oh my god. <laughs> Trigger warning if you're really into to Clint Howard. Sorry, guys. I, my, my favorite part, my, you know favorite my favorite actor in this film is, is Clint Howard. You know what my favorite fetish would be? Women who love Clint Howard. <laughs> Guess who's starting our new podcast next week? <laughs> oh, for the love of Clint Howard. This movie better not awaken anything in me. <laughs> You know, the, the motivation for Clint Howard's character, which, again, he, he was in it way too briefly. Way I, too briefly. I think I think his motivation was, I'm really hungry. Yeah, I think that's Can it. Can somebody just buy me a meal? That's it. Clint, like... we, we've, got a full, we've got a full set of meals for you, buddy. You're in the movie. Yes! <laughs> so what I gotta do? Eat in eat. every seat. Fuck just yes. Eat. And you know that like they, they gave him a trailer because you know he had to find a place to live. <laughs> Because he was just squatting over at Ron Boy's house. <laughs> Finally, he's living in this trailer like, uh, hey, Clint, you know, we, we wrapped shooting three weeks ago. We got to clear the circus off. Are you ready to leave or no? No, we're out of food, Clint. We're all out of food now because of you. He ate so much pot roast and like just uh. comfort food. And not only that, but they mic'd his mouth so you could hear him <laughs> chewing, which I found not so much ASMR as... The as the diner scene is Ugh. very confusing. So by this yeah. point, like, there'd been some things where, like, they're... And you picked up... A, I totally missed it. Yeah. I just thought he was just doing gross-out humor, where he's got, like, this one guy walks up to his buddy and just, like, <laughs> like <laughs> all over his hand, and then shakes another guy's hand. I thought that was just a... Because men in... Well, but that, that doesn't make any sense. Because those are men. Yeah. Men can't get the illness. Right, but they can still get sick. But they... Can they, though? I mean, they, they were. I guess, but... And by the way, when he when he did the sneeze and then he, he shook his hand, was that not his Joaquin Phoenix moment? Oh. Wasn't it? No. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Not again. We need to bring that up all the time. Oh. But yeah, no, I mean, I guess that's the thing, though. It seems like they can all, well, because they all have to die. It seems like, yeah, just the women need to stay alive. Again, deducing this, no, I, I'm just no, guessing. But, but the, the virus only kills women because the virus passes along the egg that you... Or do the eggs pass along? This movie is so terrible. It's so terrible. It's so awful. Oh, my God. I don't know what Diane Land's plan is. <laughs> I don't. 
Because she like she like dies at the end, like giving birth to a dinosaur. We don't know what happens to that. <laughs> Do we even know what happens to anybody after no, this? No, I don't. Well, other than Raphael Sabar's being turned into fucking barbecue, no. Oh, I mean, yeah, he was. him and Jennifer Runyon are both turned into barbecue at the end. Damn. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Though. She's infected the eggs, yeah, which are turned into dinosaurs. Yeah. She's infected the women who are now giving birth to dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Eggs. And eggs. Dinosaur eggs. <laughs> eggs that'll turn into dinosaurs. Except for Diane Ladd, because when she gave birth, there the was no egg. Dinosaur. It, just, it just popped right up just like me. Just immediate dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks so proud of it, and then she's like, oh, thank you for killing me. Uh. I was so sad when I was like... When Diane, when Diane Ladd starts laying out the... We had no idea where that was going. <laughs> it's like, no, no, not Diane Ladd. No. Artistic integrity? I'm here to shit all over it. <laughs> it was... I was just hoping she might just escape with a little bit of dignity. Just it... a little bit. I mean... I mean, she'd, she'd already not acted her way through the entire right. film. She, been... she gets one, like, villain monologue where it's like, all right, I'll apply my talent a little bit here, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she 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 starts off when she's ready to kill. Me. She's like, "I'm so sorry." She you know, like she starts things off, and you already know like she's gonna murder these people or whatever. She and... says to Raphael Sabar, "Like, uh, you're infected, aren't you?" And it's like, "What does it matter?" Yeah, like he can't give birth to a dinosaur. <laughs> like other people were. Infected. Although I mean, like I'm imagining like um, like one of those snakes that eat eggs. And that's how it would look if dudes gave birth. I mean, if they, sh- <laughs> if I'd be fine if they showed a man doing that. Sure, but, but they, the his way ass. that they talked about it, only the women were sick. That's why they had to build the artificial wombs. Did they plan this as a trilogy? See, <laughs> it's like, is that explained in Carnosaur Two? And also, what about those who've had hysterectomies? <laughs> I Are mean, you immune to the virus? Or uh, yeah, it's like, well, it like, where's the your, baby gonna go? I can't does it repair your shit. womb? Right. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> repair my womb and then kill me promptly afterward. It doesn't make. What is her plan? I know she's. I know she's to, the overall plan makes sense. Mm-hmm. El- eliminate humanity, replace them with dinosaurs. Because technically, this is the dinosaurs' land, and he, the human race. Has ruined. Actually, I agree with her on that. I think we all suck. Ants. We do. Yeah. 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 But uh, I also don't want to be taken over by dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm still, I don't understand though. <laughs> so men get infected, but they don't give to birth to dinosaurs. But do they die? Yeah. Raphael Sabarge doesn't give himself the antivirus. No, he doesn't. He gives that to. He just gives it to Thrush. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, there's only one vial of, of antivirus. Uh, only one. Which he takes back to the woman that he's in love with. Which... They, they've known each other for a day. I think they've shared the screen for all of five minutes in this film. And at the end, I mean, they, they, well, before the end, got big, wet, sloppy kisses. <laughs> From him, not her. From a, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't seem to be aware of his feelings. <laughs> she, like, she almost looks confused every time the he pulls times, away. The only time they ever kissed is like when she's completely unconscious. <laughs> this is an entirely one-sided love story. <laughs> this wasn't the age of consent back then, okay? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter what she thinks. That's true. I mean, she's, she's just, just a, a womb. A, a, it's just a womb. <laughs> For dinosaurs. A walking womb. You know, if God really wanted to create us better, I think that he would have had the womb be like, you know able to talk with the woman. How you feeling today? That kind of thing. I would love to talk to my womb. 
but I'm a, I'm a barren wasteland, folks. <laughs> so now I just talk to my toes. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still coming down right now. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go back to what you were saying. When Diane Ladd, she starts laying out this blanket, because yeah. obviously she's going to give birth. Right. And you brought that up, and it just... <laughs> I almost like wanted her to just lay down and take a nap. <laughs> you know, how about, how about... You know what? You've already pushed yourself to I think as far as you're going to push yourself oh. on this film but no and she's like opening up her legs and it's like that's not how I want to see Diane Ladd go out <laughs> spread eagle on the floor of some weird oh. building if she in Climax Nevada <clears throat> can you just imagine if she died immediately after this movie that would be her Bella Lugosi oh, moment shit. <laughs> that would be like <laughs> How sad is that? That's so sad. Because, I mean, that that's a legacy, bro. <laughs> I just imagine Diane Ladd finishing that scene. Okay, where's my heroine? <laughs> I've got nothing to live for. I'm going to take off, guys. That's what I would have done, too. Just lay down and just die. <laughs> anyway, um... Bella Lugosi, another good example of somebody who shot an entire movie without actually being in the movie. Oh my god. (laughs) Isn't it weird? That's so weird. If you only got so much money and you can only afford your star for like a few minutes, you know. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. So their budget, I think, was $825,000, something like that. And then they ended up making a million dollars, so they got a profit. (laughs) But was that enough to pay the actors? I would say, well... Diane Ladd. It was Paying the actors. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so adorable. What a concept. <laughs> this is a Corman film. It is. It is. Look, we'll just get you coffee every morning. Free coffee and donut bar, you guys. That's it. That's we paid Clint Howard in meals. <laughs> I mean... And what, his character, Ed, is just like... First of all, we don't know what connection he has to any of this yeah. plot. Yeah. He's he's seen early on talking to one of the chicken truck drivers, but then he disappears. He ends up at a at the diner scene uh, where the, some guy coughs on his soup mm-hmm. to, I guess, infect him. Mm-hmm. Although he never seems infected in any way. Yeah, it's great that we don't see him die. That makes me happy. So, no, we do see him die. Oh. We, we watch Clint Howard die horribly what? in this movie. He shows up, at, he just wanders into a chicken coop, <gasps> eating chicken. You're right. Okay, I, yeah, I did He's block that out. He's got a full bucket of chicken, wanders into a chicken coop for no good reason, and then just has a, the dinosaur comes up and just bites his fucking head off. Oh, that's right. <laughs> God, I really did get stoned during this. <laughs> I don't remember that. I think, no, I, I think I really did. I just wanted to block it out because I hate when Clinton Howard dies in movies. <laughs> Makes me so, like watching him eat too. It's like, yeah, it was gross, but it's also like, I, is that going to be me one day just sitting in a diner and everybody knows me because I just won't stop eating? <laughs> I just sit there. I, I now I'm sad. They eat loudly and make fun <laughs> of the other customers, and the customer other customers are so offended that they leave. That they leave. <laughs> You're great for business, Clint. Stick around. The guy in that scene who's so offended by everybody making fun of him, talking loudly around his pregnant wife, didn't he look like the guy from Clerks who was so offended when they were were looking at the trans porn? Oh, yes! (laughs) Shit. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) That's hilarious. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, overall, it just felt like... 
you know, somebody filmed a bunch of scenes and then literally just threw them at the wall to see which one stuck. <laughs> I then, think this is an order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw some text on the screen. <laughs> this is how film is made. <laughs> And not only that, but like every time they would throw some text on the screen, you still didn't understand what the no. fuck any of it meant. No, because there was no context. No. They provide no context to tell you what any of that means. Nope. And who's who's? Uh, oh, that's the other thing too. Diane Ladd breaks the fourth wall in this movie, and I don't think it's on purpose. Or is it? <laughs> she was probably just waiting. She was just looking at the director, going, "Is the scene over? Right. Is, are we done?" <laughs> It was weird. I'm just gonna look into the camera until you tell me we're done. I and, don't the, know. and you know, but that's exactly that's how, that's how I kind of deduced that 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 people were dying out because it kept saying infected and like <laughs> there was a percentage, but mm-hmm. it still kind of seemed very weird or like how random the percentages were. And <laughs> even that's like that was the only thing that I think I understood was that because everything else didn't make any sense. We're like longitude and latitude and all that. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> It's just, it's a movie about bits of pieces of people and things. And we, climate disaster. We open on the corporation doesn't know where Diane Ladd is, and he's got to ask, like, uh, where is Diane Ladd, this world-famous uh, biochemist, war chemist? Yeah. War <laughs> criminal? Something. She, yeah. Something like that. The genius war criminal. <laughs> where is she? And then they tell him... That he, she's working with uh, eggs. And he's like, uh, what is she doing working on eggs? <laughs> yeah. And she's working for Eunice Corporation, trying to develop eggs that last, that it tastes better, I guess. Is that what they said? <laughs> I think so. I don't remember any of that. And then one guy drank a Coke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that, because I said product placement. Well done. Uh so then we go to like where Diane Lane or Diane Ladd is. <laughs> yeah. And and it's just her in a room looking at a bunch of things, looking at a bunch of like TV cameras. Yeah. And she sees some guy get slashed in the face and that guy, like he gets this gigantic scar in his face. He's looking around this chicken coop trying to find whatever it is that's eating the chickens. Mm-hmm. He gets slashed across the face and then later in the movie he's out searching for the chicken that did this to him. <laughs> he thinks a chicken did this to him. Just a side note on that one too, his, the gash on his face, lipstick. <laughs> because it was beautifully shiny with no sort of porous anything on the face. Like a, it extends like bolt. from the top of his forehead down to the to his chin, and he's just, he's just assuming that a chicken did this to him. Yeah. <laughs> now that would be a movie I'd want to see. I wanted a giant I, chicken. I, I, when, they, when they're teasing it around, like they're not showing what it is, and we've all been looking at chickens, and we have no. Yeah, like I don't know what is there a connection between chickens and dinosaurs? No, I have no idea. Is a chicken a dinosaur? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, think so. Do you want me to look it up? Because I feel like like we've been I gaslit feel, our I entire life. I feel so life. stupid. <laughs> I like if I I know birds have a genetic connection to dinosaur. Does that make chickens have a genetic? De- I don't care. I don't know. I never cared. Is the thing. I'm not stupid. I just don't care. Yeah. So I never bothered, nobody bothered to teach me this in school. <laughs> but, like, we're just around chickens. Somebody actually looked this up because <laughs> it came up at, at, on Google, like, immediately. It says, chicken, chickens and dinosaurs related? 
So are chickens dinosaurs is the question here. Okay. And it says, no. No. <laughs> the birds are a distinct group of animals, but they did descend from dinosaurs, which I think a lot, probably, right? Yeah. And it's not too much of a twist. Uh, it's not too much of a twist of facts to call them modern dinosaurs. Chickens are modern dinosaurs? But they have wings. Some dinosaurs had wings. Yeah, on Flintstones. <laughs> there are many... Have you ever never heard of a pterodactyl? Uh, I watch Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> Terry, I know Terry. <laughs> we all know Terry. Regardless, it's not something that you wanted to um, think about. The American school system has failed. We know that already. Well, <laughs> we are from Iowa. We used to be tops. Now we just suck. So, overall, um, so what, 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 what? We're just looking at these. Ch- I wanted a giant chicken. Yeah, like that would have been hilarious. Who didn't want a giant a chicken, chicken? You know, I wanted giant that for chicken everyone. running around being like if your giant if your dinosaur was instead a giant chicken, this movie just becomes so much better. It does. It does. You know, it cut out all the actors and just have a movie about chickens. <laughs> And, and and have big actors voice the chickens, <laughs> and then put Jurgen Prochnow in there <laughs> as the chicken whisperer, and then he saves the world because the chickens are going to riot, but he gets rid of the bad group of chickens. <laughs> Jurgen Prochnow would not spit on this movie; it was on fire. <laughs> He'd spit in the mouth of this movie. <laughs> um, Jurgen, you know. I hate to say it, but sometimes beggars can't be choosers. But I mean, you were high demand in '93, so <laughs> again, we're. Tra- I'm trying to understand. I don't. I can't make the movie make any sense. No, because everything that, that I'm remembering right now just feels like little squares. So of there's film. A, at a certain point, there's like a coroner who's like examining one of the dead people. Yeah, we don't know how that dead person got there or who this dead person is. We don't even know it's a person at first, right? Like, it because it looks like this, pulled pork. The camera shot is outside the room, and the room is dark. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of darkness in this film. A lot. Classically Corman because it covers up the budget. Yeah. Uh, but like, we can't even tell it's a person that he's operating on. We don't know that it's. I guess we can kind of. We have to make the logical leap that he's he's working on one of the people who was killed earlier in the movie. Right. I guess. But well, it's hard. To t- it, the movie gives you no context for that. They don't introduce who this character is. He just picks up the phone and goes, "Happy birthday! I'm sending you a sample." <laughs> Which I took as. <laughs> What a very natural way of speaking to somebody, because we don't know, maybe it is Tony on the other line, and it is his birthday, in fact, you know? I'd be curious to know what he's going to do for his birthday, because this movie gave me nothing else but little little wonders here and there. The sheriff theorizes that this person died from a bobcat attack, and everybody keeps going, well, it couldn't be a bobcat, they're extinct. <laughs> Sean looks at me and goes, are they? And I'm like, No! And they're 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 the, they're the least concerned when it comes to extinct and least concerned. Bobcats are least concerned. Bobcats are fine. They're fine. <laughs> they're so fine. Go out to California. Go up to Canada. They're everywhere. Hell, everyone has one in their home in Canada. <laughs> extinct. And I just like I said to them like they really did not do any research for this film. They they just fucked off. What do you mean this movie? They have they half assed elements of this movie? Are you kidding me? <laughs> my 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 favorite death in this film 
uh, was the was the three like I guess they're young twenty somethings maybe teenagers. The Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah, the Mountain Dew commercial, code blue. <laughs> and they they're driving around in that in in this jeep, and they're all they're all just drunker than fucking get out. So you, I was really looking forward to their death. It's like you know what. <laughs> So one way or another, this is going to happen to you. <laughs> I said natural selection of dinosaurs. <laughs> one or the other was going to get this. How about both? You know? <laughs> How about both? And so, yeah, the, the, the one couple, they were about to get it on. And what does... I mean, it's it just... It, it's a an, it's an universally known thing that you don't have sex in a movie like this. Because yeah. you will die. I mean, don't take your penis out in a movie like don't. this. Because, I mean... That guy the, had his the, penis That guy off. took his penis out to piss, and just immediately the dinosaur just goes for the dick. And to me... Just immediately goes for the dick. I mean, that is your Achilles heel. <laughs> Men, am I right? Yeah? <laughs> Getting your dick bit off. <laughs> it's the dude's getting their dicks cut off. Roger and Corman and and, and cock based weirdness. Oh, like, I, I love it. There's a whole essay. There's a film essay to be written there. Yeah, a whole documentary <laughs> to be had. I'll get right on that. I do. I mean, I have a vast a genital based weirdness because thrush. It's true. <laughs> well, let's just say I've been to the doctor. Why? <laughs> Why though? Of all the things you could call a character. Yep. Why thrush? You could be like. What are you thinking? <laughs> what went into the decision? <laughs> like we're trying to come up with a name for this character, thrush. A man had to write this, right? <laughs> a man did write this. Because yes. I have a feeling that they probably never had thrush before. <laughs> the thrush, like even like like you think of well, like like, like we're gonna do some kind of genital-based weirdness with women giving birth to dinosaur eggs. So I guess we're just thinking about the vagina oh. and want to name the character related to something related to the vagina. Thrush. Yeah, you could be called Warts. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't ask me why that's my name. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That makes me so happy. This, yeah. But why, though? Her character has a name. Her name is Anne. Anne. But she self-applied the name Thrush, according to the movie. Just... Wait, this why is this... I was just writing about this, actually, the other day. I was writing about directors who are really great directors focus on little details that don't distract you from their movie. Yeah. And... This is one of those little details that just takes you out of a movie. It just makes you just kind of stop and, and just kind of, like, pause in your mind. And it makes you stop watching the movie to focus on this thing that they've done that has distracted you from the rest of the movies. I was writing about Exorcist 3, where William Peter Blatty directed that film. And <laughs> just did this whole thing where, like, there's this dream sequence where, like, there's... There's a uh, blind Samuel L. Jackson, and they're twin uh, little people carrying a clock. And here's Patrick Ewing as an angel. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Why are you doing this? Why is this in your movie? This is what it feels like to be high. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. You know, like even you just described it. I'm like, did I listen to what you said before no. you started saying all this? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> this is, but Amy, Amy. Yeah. This isn't the weirdest thing I've watched this week. What what was the weirdest? The classic on the regular feed show. Yeah. Is Holy Mountain, Alejandro Jodorowsky's film. Okay. Which 
I I watched in just awe and terror. Yeah. <laughs> because terror. I can't begin to just I felt so drunk <gasps> watching this. I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life. Straight edge. I felt so drunk watching this movie. <laughs> There's so much this guy is like he's pretending to be Jesus. And and his apostle is this little man that has no arms or, or legs, just kind of drag has no hands and no legs. He's got little tiny arms that he drags himself around with. So you mean he's like, the little apostle? He's he's uh, a, to to Jesus. I Jesus just, goes to town and finds out figures out that he can make money by pretending to be Jesus. So he does. He starts carrying a giant cross with this guy behind him. And tourists pay him money, and then somebody else sees him and thinks they can take advantage of that. So they make they take him into a factory, and they put him in a molding, and they make a bunch of plastic Jesuses out of him, <gasps> out of his, <laughs> out of his body. His body, yeah. They t- put him in an entire mold, and they mold his body into, and they make a bunch of Jesuses that he gets upset about and destroys. Uh, then he goes to a, a wall and starts. They pull. They're pulling gold out of the wall. So he decides that if he climbs the wall, he can go in and get more gold. But then once he's inside, he meets a magician, and they they battle to they battle to the death. But they don't they don't die because the magician stops it, and the magician decides to teach him his ways. So he takes him into this room, and he shows him a bunch of naked people who are rotating on a wall. And each of these naked people represent one of the planets in the universe, and on each planet. <laughs> Is a different person who's just terrible. Like there's this woman who is on a planet of uh, I think lesbians, uh-huh. and she makes weapons, psychedelic weapons. Like there's a guitar that's a gun, because she's trying to get everybody to to be warlike. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my brain's leaking out of my ear. <laughs> there's one where this guy he runs a planet where he. I'm not sure what he makes, but he he makes art. I, this okay, this one that makes art, and one of the art pieces is a giant robot vagina that is also a game where you try and stimulate the vagina to open, and so you take this giant plastic wooden wand thing, and the woman has to be naked to do this, so she takes this giant wooden dildo and pr- presses it towards. <laughs> The, the robotic vagina, this square robot <laughs> vagina, this whole hole, that, and she stimulates it, and then it opens, and like it would, like it would, and right. then starts spitting out you know various different uh, things as it apparently has an orgasm, and then later gives birth to a smaller robot square vagina. <laughs> I wish this was a visual podcast. If you can see Amy's face right now, if you. <laughs> This is to say that I've watched Carnosaur and this this week. It makes me want to watch a Salvador Dali <laughs> like documentary because in the, the mind, thing, like this is a fever thing. dream for him. Holy Mountain is brilliant. I think it's fucking brilliant. But why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why it's how, brilliant. How is that brilliant? But this, the Carnosaur, <laughs> you know, wouldn't there touch is the soles a logic. Of my feet. There's a weird logic to Holy Mountain that I'm I'm not sure what it is, but. Not the point. No. No. <laughs> don't put details in your movie that don't add anything to the movie. Because as weird as it sounds, all the detail that Jodorowsky adds to Holy Mountain 
visually, contextually, do make some sort of sense. Do they? Do they? They're do not. They? They're not extraneous. They are not extraneous. Whereas this is entirely. You could not. You could call her any name. Other than Thrush, and we wouldn't have a 15-minute conversation that's about so, it. You know what? That's true. That is so true. You could have been anyone. <laughs> there, yeah. That's a, there's a clip from Batman that uh, this guy, Lakara, on his show uses a lot. It's just, it's just Val Kilmer saying, it just raises too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's it. This just raises too many questions. Is why would you do? Because like it invites so much speculation. What possibly led this woman to do this? To call herself Thrush? Yes. And then why she kept up with that and is willingly telling people that she called herself this? What drives? What is her motivation? I shouldn't be asking this question nope. about her name. No, you're right. But I also shouldn't be asking why Doc calls himself Doc, but then works in a quarry as a security guard. And, and can we just can we discuss the <laughs> elephant in the room in this one? Please. Why Raphael Sabarge? <laughs> and are, am I supposed to think he's sexy? Because <laughs> I know everybody's wondering that. <laughs> I mean, you know, give him a a cigarette dangling from his mouth and a leather jacket. And this guy is so... (laughs) He's He's so cool. He's so cool, but he's he's like really really cynical. He's pretty jaded about the world. He's watching Brain Dead. Yeah. Yeah, he was, too. Brain Dead is one of the first chapters in my my book on horror in the 90s, which this will also be a chapter in the book. Um, (laughs) Chapter. A a part of the book, not a chapter, but like... Do you want to dedicate all the chapter? Well, they dedicated a bunch of celluloid to this fucking crap, so... Brain Dead is, like, super stupid and random, too. Like, there's a whole thing about, like... The, every, the only thing anyone remembers about Brain Dead is this face that's stretched across this, like, metal apparatus. Oh! And it's got a nose and a mouth. And, yeah! Uh, and, like, the, he's stimulating this brain that's connected to the face. That's the only thing that has nothing to do with the plot. Not a thing. That's an that's homage Nothing. to Doctor Who right there. I'm sorry, that's Cassandra. Moisturize me. That happened after this. That that had to be inspired by this. Had to. Brain, Brain Dead was 1990. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Had so, to. <laughs> But that's the only thing you remember about this. It has nothing to do with the rest of the plot. No. Like, there's nothing. That face does not come back. That uh, whole thing does not return to See, the See, they film. do that because they want you to miss it, you know? Because <laughs> you don't know what you got till it's gone. I, I'm speaking to Adam Simon, the director. <laughs> Just, Adam, why? Yeah. Why do you Why do you consistently add things to your movie that don't make sense or matter in any way? Mm-hmm. You know? Like... <laughs> This, this, I keep getting this thing for Murder, She Wrote in my head um, about like when, when uh, Jessica Fletcher wants to, or she's, she's, she's making a video game, a virtual reality video game that she wrote the story for, and she got irritated because there was a door in the virtual, that didn't work, and she goes, you really shouldn't have that door in here because people who play this are going to think that there's something behind that door. That's what this movie is. It's just a door <laughs> that no one needed. A series of doors. It's just a series of doors that shouldn't be there, you know? And that's that's just what came to my head about this. This movie should not exist. But I think it should. Because, <laughs> you know, it's... Well, d- defend this crap. Go ahead. Uh, you know, to know what movies are better by comparison. <laughs> So the Eisenhower and Lutz defense. Like yes, yes. this is the sitcom, this is the terrible sitcom that, that tells you how to do a better sitcom later. Yes. 
learn, learn from this. And they clearly didn't because they made, you know, two and three. So, I mean. Shout out to Allison Pregler. <laughs> God bless her. For the Eisenhower and Lutz reference. Uh, no one's going to get. Unless you're a huge Scott Bakula fan, which that's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. Except for Allison. <laughs> she kind of cornered the market on him. That's fine. Uh, Roger Ebert called this the worst movie of 1993. Would you agree? Of 1993? Well, I mean, again, we've seen uh, Body of Evidence. So. Bear, bear in mind, we've seen movies that Roger didn't see that year. That's true. Did he see Roger, Hexed? Roger didn't see Children of the Corn 2. Oh, that's right. Oh, that, yeah. Forgot that we saw that one. <laughs> uh, but still a better story than this. Roger watched this and didn't didn't write about it. He watched it for the TV show, I guess, only. So we'll have to watch the the uh, the Siskel and Ebert uh, TV version. Uh, Siskel loved this movie. He was a very big fan of this. Obviously, I think he just did it to fuck with Roger. I mean, that's the only explanation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no way. There's no way he actually appreciated this on, a, on any kind of level. Maybe as a Corman fan, like maybe as somebody who enjoys like weirdness or like I've been enjoying it for being a bad movie, like yeah. uh, in that sort of way you appreciate things ironically mm-hmm. that's got to be what Siskel's thinking with his liking it but but also I think I think he probably saw Roger coming out of the screening just pissed off and he's like okay I love this movie <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's headcanon from now on keep that right up here in the old spank bank yeah that's hilarious did, that just sounds like something of their relationship at the totally. time like Siskel just Ever coming out of the theater just angry at Karnasaur and Siskel seeing that and going, All right. You see I the cogs what, moving in his I head. I know what I'm gonna do on the show <laughs> yeah. this week. Thumbs up. Roger, I fucking love this film. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why. You just don't understand the Brechtian quality of <laughs> I wanna see know. Roger, let me explain this to you. Did Pauline Kale review this movie? <laughs> I'd be curious. I would be curious. Why wasn't there more scholarly writing about Carnosaur at the time? Uh, getting an essay idea, you guys. Getting excited. I'm doing some fan fiction on Carnosaur on AO3 tonight, so I'll, I'll put a link on my Tumblr. You can go check it out. We're going to get this. We're going to work so hard on this, it's going to get it on movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You wait. You think we're fucking around. <laughs> you know what? Let's get Carnosaur in the Criterion Collection. Yes! <laughs> I was really hoping this was going to be the Letterbox edition when we were watching it. Now, I gotta ask, and this might be embarrassing for me, I don't know. I When I heard the name Carnosaur, I so thought it was going to be a car-dinosaur hybrid. Oh! <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a riff on Christine. But wait, were you... Here's, here's my but question back to you. A dinosaur. Were you disappointed that it wasn't? A little bit, yeah. Okay, see? There it is. Not as much as I was disappointed that there wasn't a giant chicken. That's true. But I mean... Well, and then, they, like, they, you know, and then they kept, you know, carnosaur. I kept thinking of, like, chili con carne. <laughs> and I'm like, like, okay. So this is, you were hoping this movie would be really spicy. So it was a really spicy dinosaur. <laughs> a chili-saur. Oh, that sounds... No, that sounds like you burned your lip on it. I got a, ch- a chili-saur. <laughs> I'm never doing edibles before we do this again. <laughs> Ever. I mean, I feel great, but I mean, it, it, enough, enough. What do we have coming up, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, 
Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. I gotta... Wait, how? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at something in, in research that just kind of <laughs> popped up. Doesn't make any sense. Because uh, this is... Jonathan Rosenbaum wrote about Carnosaur in 1985? 85? This movie came out in 1993. So it'd have to be 95. Yeah, it's got to be a mistake of some kind. But I was just like... I can't, Jonathan Rosenbaum in the Chicago Reader... Who's not known for writing about stuff like this, wrote about Carnosaur, and I'm like, looking at that guy, Jonathan Rosenbaum wrote about this movie? That's weird. The first Jurassic spinoff, stupid plot, silly dialogue, cheap special effects, gratuitous gore, over-the-top acting, dinosaurs eating, politically correct environmentalists, what more could you want? Wow. <laughs> Roger Corman produced, which at least gives it the right kind of bad movie pedigree. Oh my god. Fair enough. Diane Lad, Lane, uh, Diane Lad. <laughs> I can't do it. I, You're even reading it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, it's honestly I know, in my I head. I got you. I got you. A mad scientist wants to give the world back to dinosaurs and eliminate mankind while she's at it, which should be a lot funnier than the movie makes it. <laughs> Adam Simon of Brain Dead fame wrote and directed a movie based on a novel. <laughs> based on a novel. Uh, his taste for images of women giving birth to baby dinosaurs shows his clear indebtedness to David Cronenberg. Um, okay. And his apocalyptic finale seems straight out reach. of Night of the Living Dead. But neither reference seems worthy of his source. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, Jonathan. Wow. And he sat down. He took the time, as we're doing, to review this film. And we never even reviewed it. I didn't, I didn't it. We even just pick up on that, honestly, as a, yeah. as a Night of the Living Dead reference. But yeah, I guess you're right, because like, they, they come in and just kill them at the end. Yeah. Uh, uh, spoiler alert for Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> oh, shit, I was going to watch that tonight. <laughs> and uh, yeah... Wow. He's, he's right about the needless gore, because th th it was. It was ridiculously bloody for more than it had to be. A guy gets his cock bitten off by a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that again, that was hilarious. But yeah, I, Just a weird throwback to that conversation. Is there a Mountain Dew Code Blue? If there, <laughs> if there isn't, there should be. I thought it was Code Red. Oh, there is Code uh, Red. I know that one's real. Code Red, because we, we know that from Curtis's song. You know, <laughs> we know... What that is. Shout out to Curtis Connor. <laughs> Mountain Dew. I don't know why I care if there's a Mountain Dew. It just made me laugh when you said Mountain Dew Code Blue. <laughs> I believe they have a Code Blue in the movie, too, which is weird. They you do. Know, like, they call out a Code. It's a Code Blue. And we're just like, what the fuck is a Code Blue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> the, no. No, there isn't. It's, uh, no, there isn't. It's actually... It's, it's, no, they, they, they call it Voltage. Oh, okay. But there is a Blue Mountain Dew. <laughs> but we're just going to call it Code Blue from now on. <laughs> I think. Code Yellow is the, the original one. <laughs> what did you think of the dinosaurs? I, I missed the, uh, that roller skating dinosaur movie. <laughs> when I saw <laughs> Because that's just like he's he stays in her backpack the entire time. I love that movie. I can't think of the name of it. Roller Gator. Roller Gator. And he's a gator. I'm sorry, he's not a dinosaur, but still, I, I still. It, it, I thought you were thinking of Tammy and the T Rex. Well, that I love. <laughs> I absolutely am behind that all the way. Um, it just again, we were talking about those big blow up dinosaur yeah. suits. <laughs> 
I just wish they would have put one of the, you know, used those instead. It would have yeah. been funnier. And then, like, there these these dinosaurs in this film are so rubbery <laughs> that at one point, uh, one of them gets shot in the face, and then he goes down, and then he bounces like a fucking ball, back up, <laughs> and then back down again. And it's like, come on, that didn't make it look real. Like, he would have just fallen over. <laughs> got shot in the mouth. Not dead, though. Not dead. He was able to kill the sheriff. That's right, but... Then, <laughs> then blows his head off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The sheriff who has just, had just finished Goodnight Moon. Oh. Had just finished Goodnight Moon. But see, we don't even know if he really did, though. Because <laughs> it, like, that's, that, again, it was in my haze. I, I even I, had to ask him, like, well, how did we character. get here? How did we get from the bed where they're reading Goodnight Moon to this? The, it makes, the, the sheriff character is just so weirdly used. He's introduced... At one crime scene, Doc calls him to tell that he's captured one of the environmentalists who's trying to stop their quarry from doing something. Right, right. Moving rocks from one side of the quarry to the other. As you do. As you do. We need the environmentalist to stop that. Uh, uh, He's captured one, Thrush, uh, and is holding them and wants wants the cop to come and get him. He can't because he's looking at what he thinks is a bobcat attack that killed this man. Uh, He's so... He shows up there the next day. The doc had fallen asleep and Thrush had escaped yeah. while he was asleep and drunk. They go to the hippie commune where he thinks Thrush is. Keep saying her name. <laughs> and, and then once they get there and he sees Thrush, Doc sees Thrush, and he says to the cop, she's not here. Right. And then they leave. And yeah. it's like, why the hell did this scene happen? It- why is this scene here? What does this add to the... Is it, I guess it's just to hit show that he's fallen in love with her in the two seconds they've spent together? That had to be it. <laughs> so, the next time we see the cop, he's... Uh, I guess he's with his wife. Yeah. And establishes that she's sick. Yep, because she coughs. And so he sends her to bed, and then he tries to make eggs, but the eggs are dinosaurs? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> A few of them were, were duds, though. They were just black... Splat. They hadn't formed into dinosaurs no, yet. but they, the last one, what a cutie. So then he takes the dinosaur that he finds, a little tiny dinosaur, to, to the coroner, and then comes back home to read Goodnight Moon with his wife. And then goes back Then immediately out. is outside in, on Main Street looking for the dinosaur, yelling and screaming for the dinosaur to come out. By the way, the Main Street, it's At an this alleyway. Point, now, he apparently has inferred, I guess, from the egg... Mm-hmm. That this is that he's dealing with a dinosaur and he wants to confront it directly by himself. <laughs> well, well, with his history of of uh, communication with dinosaurs, knowledge there. Another classic B movie or Z movie trope is to that nobody reacts to anything normally. Like normally, like if you saw a dinosaur, would that not change your entire view of the entire world? Yes. Nobody is surprised. No. Like, immediately, Raphael Sabarge sees the environmentalists get just absolutely destroyed by dinosaurs, and he just jumps out of his truck and immediately starts shooting at it. Yeah. Without thinking. Like, he doesn't pause and go, that's a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> like a normal fucking person would. Just immediately, gun in hand. Nobody takes a moment to think of anything. And then suddenly, Raphael Sabarge has suddenly just inferred that Diane Diane Ladd is the bad guy and and goes on a mission by himself to infiltrate her lair and get to her to find out if she has the cure for the, I guess, the illness that he now believes that his new girlfriend has. 
even though this has never been introduced to him in his plot. Oh. <laughs> no. She's not even sick when he leaves. No. Well, I mean, she, she felt kind of shitty, but... <laughs> Yeah, and that, you know, again, it's like what a waste of an antivirus. Did she, did she get infected by the dinosaur? I don't remember. I don't remember how re- she got infected. She didn't have eggs. She didn't interact with somebody who was sick. Well, he was sick though. Was he? Yeah. Remember when he, he he when did he get sick? Um, early on, and he he had a cough early on. Okay. Yeah. The fever. He had the fever. <laughs> Which, by the way, apparently you can live when you're uh, 107 degrees <laughs> internally. As Diane Ladd's secretary is like, I feel like shit. And all of a sudden, it's like, you're just watching the, the temperature go up. It's like, uh, Sean's like, you're dead. Why are you still sitting there like you're going to do some taxes? I don't understand. And she finally lays down and then she starts howling and then all of a sudden out, yeah. out pops an egg. She's not pregnant. Not pregnant. She's, but she's giving. But Rafael Sabarj immediately knows she's giving birth. He's like doing full on fucking Lamaze. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? He's, just, you know, he's like, he's like, it's all right, just breathe, just breathe, dude. She's gonna die. Like she's a hundred and eight degrees internally. Her, her, her innards are cooked. Whatever, yeah, that's like that's great. But actually, you know, it's really good for egg incubation. Though. I thought, like, during that as that scene was starting, I thought, like, oh, oh my god, she's turning people into dinosaurs. That's what I thought too. And then she's going to turn into a dinosaur, but no, <laughs> no. And then I mean, then there's the whole V thing. I mean, it, there is so much of like V in yeah. what but a, what a weird way to to pay homage to it. I think just the way I look at it, but. <laughs> Because I mean, every other one had an egg, and then all of a sudden, Diane Ladd. Nope, we're just we're just gonna have a baby fresh out of the out of the oven. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Rod- just pulling your stomach open—that was so gross. Ugh. Go ahead. Sorry. Roger Corman hears about Steven Spielberg making a dinosaur movie and makes this. <laughs> I'll show you. It makes it, but it's like the the like the logical leap that had to happen in Roger Corman's mind as he's conceiving of this idea. <laughs> Like, I think this is what Spielberg's going to do. Yeah. People giving birth to dinosaurs. Genetically changed eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think from the marketing materials I've seen. All right, go ahead. Yeah. You got, yeah. You got five days. Smells like a blockbuster, you guys. I think we got this. We got this. Because Diane Ladd worked for five days. Right. Five days in this movie. That's what she did. They shut down half of a hotel. <laughs> Just, there it is. What to pay. For anything. <laughs> Can we use your basement for a minute? Yeah. Just... Why are you putting up all those lasers? <laughs> don't worry about it. I still don't understand like, the whole <laughs> gassy hallway into a laser room. <laughs> you know? It looked like they were going to play laser tag. It did. <laughs> and then, like, that the lasers can chop off hands and shit. The father who works... There's a, there's a dad who works for Diane Ladd, whose daughter gets murdered in the, in the Mountain Dew Code blue scene. <laughs> She's murdered by dinosaurs. So he goes, he's all sad, and he goes to see Diane Ladd, and Diane Ladd decides that she's just going to kill him yeah. with her dinosaur. <laughs> Yeah. So she like directs him down a hallway, telling him, "No, your daughter's still alive. Yeah. You can go down the hallway, and she'll be there." Okay, she's not there. I'm just here to feed you to this dinosaur. Like, <laughs> it's so fucked up. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> <Is> it, 
But why is this happening? Why is this character here? What is this? I'm just, and I'm guessing that the fact, because he was kind of, by the way, you think moisture was level was off the charts in this film. <laughs> Do you think he was onto her plan? I, I think I think he was sick, and she knew she had to kill him anyway. That's why she she said she was sorry, and then she kind of changed her tune. And then she's like, no, your daughter's... Yeah, of course you can see your daughter. You're going to see her in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Diane Ladd, leading this man to his death, like, with all of the energy of, like, a a tour guide. (laughs) A terrible tour guide. Uh, down that hallway to no, she's 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 working at the desk at the at the at the hotel. It's down the hall to the left. The bathroom is over. Yeah, she's looking for the bathroom. It's uh, two doors down. Take a left. It's there. That's great. That's great. <laughs> You'll know it when you reach the lasers. Yeah. <laughs> Slicing your cock off right there. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> we need more dismemberment in this film. I could have just asked my daughter for a loan. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Too much pride. Too much pride. Too much pride. God bless. <laughs> like, I... I every, every part of me hurts after this movie. <laughs> that's why I had, to, I had to get stoned. I had to. It was, it was my right. <laughs> and it was, it's, it's self-preservation is what it is. Because when I come out of this... I, I'm the only sober person who's ever seen this movie. It's fine. I think you're probably right, actually. <laughs> you could write a book about that. I am writing a book about that. <laughs> Weirdly enough. <laughs> Good. You'll have to send in all the... Well, you know, if you guys want a copy of his book, you need to send in a self-addressed stamped envelope. My book is real. Well, <laughs> so are mine. Look around. Uh, but tell people how to get the video podcast. Oh, the, yeah. So, I'll, again, self-addressed stamped envelope to 6969 Hartford Boulevard, Pueblo, Colorado, 60609. And uh, we'll send you a VHS cassette. Make sure you have re- a region-free yeah. VHS player. You have to, because we send a lot of these to the <laughs> Netherlands, and we keep getting them sent back because you can't watch them. And I'm sorry for the graininess. It's the, uh, it's the, the old... VHS recorder that we have, the camcorder, just doesn't want to work like it used to. So next week, Sharon Stone masturbates in Sliver. Ah, again, I think MJ should stay home for that one. That's a movie that should be called Thrush. Thrush! <laughs> just hearing this podcast gave me Thrush. This the movie Carnosaur gave me Thrush. <laughs> I have proof <laughs> for a picture of that. <laughs> Do not Google Thrush. Do not Google Thrush. Don't do it. No. But yeah, we'll see you next week. 